batteries are the most dramatic object. Other things stop working or they break, but batteries, they die. These are words of comedian and actor Dimitri Martin. On today's edition, we will be looking at the battery and how to best maximize them. Welcome to another edition of Easy Tech on Radio. I am AJ, your tech guy. On Easy Tech today, we will be looking at some of the top stories in the tech world on the wire, and we will also be giving you a brief expose on a very important technology, the Bluetooth. As always, let's join Didi for The Wire. Hi, I'm Devine Badobi and welcome to this week's episode on The Wire. Nigeria has seen the unveiling of its first electric car by Hyundai. The unveiling was witnessed by the Minister of Trade and Investment, Otumba Nis Adebayo, among others. Otumba Adebayo noted that the significance of the event was to inform automotive stakeholders and the public that Stallion Group is the pioneer producer of the Made in Nigeria electric vehicle called Kona. He said the Ministry of Industry, Trade and Investment, in collaboration with the National Automotive Design and Development Council, plans for a migration from the use of conventional vehicles powered by fuel and diesel to alternative powered vehicles in consideration of environmental degradation caused by global warming, which should also help to reduce queues at feeding stations, especially during fuel scarcity. The Minister lauded the National Automotive Design and Development Council for its efforts in the establishment of the Pioneer Electric Vehicles Charging Stations in the University of Nigeria in Suka, University of Lagos and the Usmandan Fodio University, Sokoto. The Minister of Communications and Digital Economy, Dr. Issa Ali Pantami, has explained the positions and difference between the Bank Verification Number BVN and the National Identity Number name. He explained that he had made a presentation to the National Economic Sustainability Committee and drew the attention of the CBN governor that we need to replace BVN with NIM because BVN is bank policy while NIM is a law because it has been established by law. Noting that the strength of the law wherever you go is not the same with the policy of one institution. Also on the priority of NIM over BVN, the minister said that BVN is only applicable to those who have bank accounts, but NIN is for every citizen and legal resident in the country. On why the government engaged private agents for the NIN enrollment, the minister said the move was in line with the global standard where NIMC the regulator is being made to operate as a regulator while allowing the operators to operate independently. The Central Bank of Nigeria, CBN, has responded to the public concern raised by its regulatory directive on cryptocurrency trading in the country. The Acting Director of Corporate Communications at CBN, Osisanwan Nisubi, explains the positions of the banking regulator in a statement. The statement explained that cryptocurrencies are digital or virtual currencies issued by largely anonymous entities and secured by cryptography with Bitcoin being the first to be introduced in 2009 and occupying 68% of all cryptocurrencies. The CBN statement said that the January 5th memo to financial institutions was not a new law but one that has existed since 2017 on the need for banks not to hold, trade or transact in cryptocurrencies. This is because of the risk in cryptocurrencies due to its speculative and untraceable nature which could be used for money laundering and other criminal tendencies. The CBN statement ended by saying that after these realities and analysis, 
the CBN have no comforts in cryptocurrencies at this time and will continue to do all within its regulatory powers to educate Nigerians to desist from its use and protect our financial system from activities of fraudsters and speculators. My name is Divine Adobe and this is The Wire. Thank you very much, Didi. I am excited about the electric car. I hope to see more in Nigeria. The battery is the most important component in your smartphone and all of technology, if I dare say so. Because if the battery isn't working, nothing else can. With the right sort of care and attention, you can make sure your battery stays charged for longer and of course lasts longer overall. There's good news which is the lithium-ion batteries inside today's phones are more reliable, longer-lasting and safer, well, mostly, than ever before. That said, we've got some tips for keeping them healthy and you happy. Understand how your phone battery degrades. With every charge cycle, your phone battery degrades slightly. A charge cycle is a full discharge and charge of the battery from 0% to 100%. Charging your phone from 50 to 100%, for example, will be half a charge cycle. Do that twice and it is a full charge cycle. Some phone owners use more than a full charge cycle a day, others use less. It depends on how much you use your phone and what you do with it. Battery manufacturers say that after about 400 cycles, the phone battery's capacity will degrade by 20%. It will only be able to store 80% of the energy it did originally and will continue to degrade with additional charge cycles. The reality, however, is that phone batteries probably degrade faster than that. One online site claims some phones reach that 20% degradation point after only 100 charge cycles. And just to be clear, the phone battery doesn't stop degrading after 400 cycles. That 400 cycles to 20% figure is to give you an idea of the rate of decay. Therefore, it means that the more you charge your phones, the more the battery degrades. Bearing this in mind, we move to the next. Avoid extreme weather conditions. If your phones get very hot, or very cold, it can strain the battery and shorten its lifespan. Leaving it in your car will probably be a very bad idea. If it is hot and sunny outside, it will hamper your battery life. Now we move to the next one, which is avoid draining your phone batteries all the way to 0%. All the types of rechargeable batteries had battery memory. If you didn't charge them to full and discharge them to zero battery, they remembered and reduced their useful range. It was better for their lifespan if you always drained and charged the battery completely. Newer phone batteries work in a different way. It stresses the battery to drain it completely or charge it completely. Report shows that phone batteries are happiest if you keep them above 20% capacity and below 90%. To be extremely precise, they are happiest around 50%, says this report. Now the next one is to turn down the screen brightness. A smartphone screen is the component that typically uses the most battery. Turning down the screen brightness will save energy. Using auto brightness probably saves battery for most people by automatically reducing screen brightness when there is less light, although it does involve more work for the light sensor. The thing that will truly save the most battery in this area will be to manage it manually, that is manually set it to the lowest visible level every time there's a change in the lighting levels. Both Android and iOS give you options to turn down overall screen brightness even if you're also using auto brightness. Now the next one is reduce the screen timeout. If you leave your screen on without using it, it will automatically turn off after a period of time, usually one or two minutes. You can save energy by reducing the screen timeout time. If you reduce it from two minutes to like 30 seconds, then of course you save battery life faster. Now another thing to do is to choose a dark theme. 
most fonts now give you the opportunity to choose darker themes. Brighter themes use more power than darker themes. So using a dark theme will make sure you use less battery life. Now, manage radios. One thing that will help save battery life, but which I personally don't like, is to turn off radios in your phone. By radios, we mean turning off things like Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, GPS, and near-field communication, or NFC, especially when they are not in use. You should also turn off your mobile data when not in use, especially if your battery drains faster, as this too consumes battery well. You can turn off radios you rarely use until you need them. If you never use NFC, there's no reason to keep it on. On the other hand, radios like GPS, Bluetooth and NFC don't really use a lot of energy in standby mode, but only if they are actually operating. Energy savings from micromanaging radios will probably be limited. Radios like Wi-Fi actually consume more battery when the signal is weak and it attempts to get the signal back. Finally, close all apps that are not in use and make use of your phone's energy saving function to help your phone manage app consumption of battery in the background. Even though each phone maker deploys different types of battery technology that can be either effective or ineffective, applying these methods will surely bring out the best in your battery life. Before we go, Grateful Henry speaks to us on Bluetooth, its origin and uses. Bluetooth is one of those things that we use almost daily without much regard over the way it was developed, precisely like Wi-Fi. It all started in 1993. A wireless communications engineer over at Ericsson named Iyap Hatsin was appointed to develop a short-range connection for mobile phones in order to enable new and exciting functionalities. You see, back then, wires and cables were an incredible hindrance on communication systems. And so, in 1995, Hastings enlisted the help of fellow engineer Van Matheson, and together they managed to develop what came to be known as multi-communicator links or MC links for short. But while those two are often credited with Bluetooth, it was Ericsson's CTO which first initiated the development of this technology, four years before appointing Hastings to the tax. Of course, a number of different people worked on the project, each with their own contribution. Over the next couple of years, Hudson continuously worked on what is now known as Bluetooth technology. But to understand all that, we should first establish a very basic understanding of how Bluetooth operates. Bluetooth uses what is now known as short link radio technology. It operates at the unlicensed but regulated 2.4 to 2.485 GHz band. And it uses radios to communicate and establish connections between two or more devices. Its foundation is based on a technology called Frequency Hopping Spread Spectrum, FHSS. What happens in essence is that linking to Bluetooth devices creates a short-range wireless network called a Piconet. Piconet operates in the aforementioned ISM band and allows multiple devices to be connected at the same time. This system uses the master-slave structure, which means that the master device can simultaneously transmit data to one or more slave devices. The interesting thing, which has surely one of the greatest contributors to the technology expanding so much, is the fact that this network can handle pretty much anything, including voice and data. Two of Bluetooth's most commonly used applications. Companies like Nokia and Intel have very similar ideas, including the concept of linking cell phones, computers, and developing devices like wireless, short-range headsets. 
What the companies thankfully understood was that in order to create a protocol that would seamlessly work across a number of devices from a multitude of companies, the protocol had to be standardized so that it could be universally applied. In December 1996, those companies met at Ericsson's plant in London and decided to form the Bluetooth Special Interest Group, SIG, which was finally established in 1998. It was an important moment in the history of Bluetooth, in fact, as this was also when its name was suggested. Bluetooth was the eponym of King Harald Gomsen, who ruled over Norway and Denmark. Harald not only introduced Christianity to Denmark, he also unified various clans under a single banner. This was Bluetooth's goal, to unite everything under a single platform. The marketing teams could not come up with anything better, so the name and logo of a technology used a thousand years later is old to an old king. As for the Bluetooth SIG, it grew remarkably fast, starting with only five companies, Ericsson, Intel, Nokia, IBM and Toshiba. SIG added more and more members throughout the years. Today, it has more than 30,000. Bluetooth took quite some time to be introduced to a mainstream consumer audience. The technology was considered obscure even among tech circles as the companies involved struggled to explain and launch it in an affordable and simple manner. Yet in 2000, a host of Bluetooth-enabled devices were unleashed. This includes a mobile phone, headset, mouse, laptop and a PC card. By 2001, the first Bluetooth printer and hands-free car kits were also released. After that, Bluetooth rapidly expanded. While a lot of people still thought that hands-free Bluetooth headsets looked kind of weird, it mattered little. Over the next few years, Bluetooth will find its way in every mobile phone while headsets, cameras and MP3 players that supported Bluetooth were still considered standard. Something that has helped Bluetooth tremendously over the years is that it keeps up with the times, even though some updates come slower than some people would prefer. Now, for instance, Bluetooth is openly supporting Internet of Things, lots of devices, which means that the technology is certain to play a major role in the next few years. I am grateful, Harry. See you next time. It is a wrap on this week's edition on Easy Tech on Radio. I hope you learned something new. Join us next week, Thursday at 11.05 for another exciting edition. But till then, you can hit me up on social media and drop your comments and questions. I am AJ underscore Dikachi on all social media platforms. And you can listen to this and other editions of Easy Tech on SoundCloud 2. We are Easy Tech. Remember the easy is spelled E-A-Z-Y Tech. Adios, amigos.